0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Just City, a nonprofit organization working to make sure Tennessee's criminal justice system is safe, fair, and strong for everyone. They're working to increase diversion programs for at risk youth and helping people and neighborhoods find greater opportunities for jobs and housing after incarceration. Learn more about their work at justcity.org.
1: Coming to you from the ugliest building in the Gulch, it's the Nashville Scene Cast. I'm your host, Maddie Girard. Today, we have two very special, but completely unrelated topics for you to learn about. The Eclipse and Kesha. First off, Managing Editor Patrick Rogers is gonna join us to provide a complete guide for the Eclipse. By the end, you're gonna know where to watch it special names for what you're going to see, how to get the right eyewear, and what might happen as a result of the total eclipse. Spoiler alert, the downfall of Donald Trump may be included. After that, we have music editor Steven are in to talk about Kesha, everything you need to know about her new album Rainbow, and the lawsuit she's been dealing with for the past four years. We're going to play you some of the clips from the album, too. And be warned, there's some explicit language on the tracks. You can subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And please, please, please drop us a rating or leave us a comment and let us know how we're doing. Stay tuned. So I am here with Patrick Rogers, our managing editor. And we are here to bring you your total eclipse guide. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about viewing the solar eclipse. We'll tell you where you need to see it, what you'll see when it's happening, how to see it, what you should expect to happen during the eclipse and after, and when the next eclipse is going to happen. Um, So let's start with where people should be going to see this eclipse.
2: Well, luckily for Middle Tennesseans, uh, we're Right in the path of totality. So basically anywhere you are, if you're in the greater Nashville area, you're going to catch it. Um, but there are some pretty cool places that are having uh, having sort of watch parties. Um, we're going to have a list of them in this week's scene. Um, basically any public park is a pretty good bet. Um, yeah. The... Uh,
1: Specifically, the first Tennessee park has the mayor's viewing party. So that's, that's right. So like that's the best option. Yeah, and then
2: park. I believe there's a sounds game to follow. So Man. I think you can go watch the eclipse, then they kick you out for about an hour, and then you come back and see the game. <laughs> um, also, a couple of other things that are in uh, Nashville. Third Man Records is having an event called Occulting the Sun, where they're going to have an artist named Quintron play. He's actually uh, both a an, uh, musician and an inventor, and he's invented something called the Weather Warlock, which actually plays music based on weather and weather patterns and that sort of thing. This what? guy's a weirdo, and it's going to be great. That guy's awesome. That's so cool. There's also an event at Cheekwood Botanical Gardens with a cool band called Sunseeker, appropriately enough, playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one cool thing, uh, Fort Houston right now, the 17th through the 21st, has something called Solarium, which is an installation uh put together by NASA that has some high-resolution imaging of the sun. So you can always pop in there and check that out and maybe watch with those guys. That'll be cool as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The Nashville Zoo has a watch party, and they're actually asking people to video the animals while the eclipse is going on to see if they – behave in any weird fashions any
2: weird stuff yeah any of them pull out the nightgowns and try to go to bed in the middle of the day that's right as animals do
1: right um so speaking of animals there's also eclipsing with old friends if you don't feel like leaving your house at all the old friend's senior dog sanctuary uh is hosting a watch party online uh with dogs so that's personally my favorite option
2: i mean what's cuter than that yeah, honestly. <laughs> honestly. <laughs>
1: but if you do plan on traveling and going to any of these events, I would suggest you leave around like 8 a.m. to get there at 12.
2: I'd get moving um, pretty early. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The traffic will probably be horrific, especially if you're taking I-65. It's estimated that 360,000 to 1.4 million people will be coming to Tennessee to see this eclipse. Yeah. So.
2: Quite the influx.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nashville traffic plus.
2: That's right. And an interesting thing is actually the one of the best spots to see the totality of the eclipse is a little north of us in Gallatin. So you might have some people trying to get get a little bit north of us and catch that Pure total solar eclipse.
1: Okay, so what are people going to be seeing uh, when they look up at the sky with their glasses, which they need to have on? We don't must look insist. At, that's right. <laughs> let's go ahead and mention that now. We'll mention it probably like seven <laughs> times more. I don't know
2: how many times we have to say "Don't look directly at the sun without protective eyewear," but we'll say don't it. Don't look or two.
1: directly at the sun without protective eyewear.
2: Please. Um, yeah, I actually spoke with uh, a nuclear physicist who's a professor at Tennessee Tech named Dr. Mary Kidd. And um, and she kind of gave me the rundown on what we're going to see and when and everything. Um, In if you're in the greater Nashville area, basically, you'll start to see what's known as a partial eclipse somewhere just before noon, maybe eleven fifty five or so. And that's when we start to see the moon move across the sky. The total solar eclipse will happen somewhere in the neighborhood of one twenty seven, one twenty eight p.m., And that'll be 90 seconds to two minutes of the moon fully covering the sun. And that's when all Mm -hmm. that crazy stuff's going to happen. It's going to look way different. Then and only then, for that brief window, when the moon is fully covering the sun, are you allowed to remove your protective eyewear. But we must insist that you face away from the sun when doing so, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there is that very, very brief window where you can look around. It's going to look like nighttime. Mm -hmm. Um, But until then, you need to have approved... Correct, uh, protective eyewear. Yeah. It's very important.
1: So I read in your interview that there's like a way that you can find out when it's about to be the total eclipse, which is like the diamond ring that happens right. Mm-hmm. right before. Will you talk about more of like the diamond ring and then other special effects that happen during sure. the total eclipse? Oh,
2: there's so many special effects. It's going to be like a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> bad joke. Anyway, uh, the diamond ring effect, as you pointed out, that's when the corona is visible around the moon. The corona, of course, is sort of the, basically the atmosphere of the sun. Um, Once that happens, the diamond ring effect basically is going to look like, you know, there's the black circle of the moon in the center and then the bright rays surrounding it. So once that happens, that's when you're gonna be okay. Some things that happen, uh, we might see something known as Bailey's beads, which sounded like something you'd get at Bed Bath & Beyond, but is actually, (laughs) It's, it's where <laughs> rays of light from the sun sort of peek through the rugged topography of the moon. Basically, there's lots of peaks and valleys and ridges on the moon, and the, ar- and the, the sun's rays are going to kind of poke through there. Uh, another thing that sounds really cool that people don't know, many, don't know much about is shadow snakes or shadow bands.
1: That sounds so dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> it,
2: it sounds very dramatic, and I guess it's one of those I'll, I'll just believe it when I see it kind of things. But basically, yeah. scientists don't exactly know what causes them. Um, and it's sort of snake-like moving bands on the ground and shadows that could be from reflections of the sun off the moon it could be from atmospheric winds nobody exactly knows but you can keep an eye out for those
1: Awesome. So those are some kind of scientific names that you can drop to sound very educated That's when talking right. oh, about the Have total you seen eclipse. the Bailey's beads? Yeah. And People <laughs> are like, you're making uh, that up. I know that you are. <laughs> I, I don't think that should be a question that anyone should ask. So next we'll talk about how to see the eclipse. Look at it, first of all, um, with protective eyewear. But also, let's talk a little bit about the, this eyewear because there has been some controversy about fraudulent glasses. Uh, specifically, Amazon and the Tennessee State Museum had to recall a bunch of their glasses because they were not approved. Uh, do you have some suggestions for where people should get their eyewear?
2: Well, first and foremost, you've gotta make sure that they are approved by the International Organization for Standardization, or ISO. You want to look, there will be labeling on the glasses, If they're above board, that says ISO approved, and there'll be an ISO number. Um, Of course, you know, these are going quickly at a lot of places, but, um, you know, Amazon has issued the recalls. And at this point, if you haven't gotten your glasses, I wouldn't recommend trying to order them online. You know, uh, Warby Parker, as of yesterday, still had plenty. The Adventure Science Center had a lot. Um, I believe that there were some Kroger locations that were selling them for, for pretty cheap. But basically, wherever you get the things, make sure that they're ISO approved, because your ray bans, that might sound like it's gonna ban these rays, but those are not approved. You will damage your eyes if you stare at the sun for minutes at a time.
1: Yep, and make sure it has the number. That was a big thing, because someone saw like it had the ISO, but it didn't have the number. That's uh, right, that's important. Very important. Also, uh, NASA recommends that they be manufactured by either American Paper Optics, Rainbow Symphony, Manufactures glasses, apparently. Rainbow Symphony. Yeah. Uh, Thousand Oaks Optical and TSE 17.
2: Oh, Those are your options. Good old TSE 17, <laughs> one of my favorite yeah. go tos.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Also, we want to talk a little bit about what might be the effect of this eclipse. We talked a little bit earlier about the Nashville Sioux um, prepares for like animals to have different reactions to the eclipse. You know, it'll seem like night, so animals might go to sleep. Uh, What are some other things we can expect to happen?
2: Well, what's kind of interesting, as Dr. Kidd pointed out in my interview with her, is basically animals are expected to behave like it's nighttime. So, you know, if you happen to be in the vicinity of a rooster, you might catch a rooster crowing, you know. And with the <laughs> urban farming movement, who knows? Maybe you will be. Yes. Um, but but we don't really know. You know, it's, it could be that uh, animals start bedding down thinking it's nighttime. Um, the temperature is most likely going to drop. Um, mm-hmm. It'll basically feel and look like it's night for a good 90 seconds to two minutes. And, you know, there are some videos. You can Google on YouTube. There's been some pretty good footage of of eclipses when they happen over the Arctic and that sort of thing. And truly, you just kind of see it, it it almost just looks like it's dusk and then suddenly it's nighttime and then the sun sort of reappears. Um, So yeah, I'm pretty fascinated to see what we're gonna catch animal-wise, see how the animal kingdom reacts.
1: Right. I think it was described, uh, this event was described as one of the biggest driving hazards for anyone who, I don't know, hasn't heard of the eclipse. Like, it's <laughs> oh suddenly God. just going to be night, and they're like... How, please how? don't be that guy. Don't, <laughs> don't be driving your
2: car looking at the sky in the middle of the eclipse. I mean, if, if you find yourself caught in your car during the eclipse, if nothing else, just pull over, I'm begging you.
1: So what are some of the other things besides animals?
2: Um.
1: What about... Uh, Trump's demise. Oh, gosh, that.
2: I nearly <laughs> forgot, right, because the eclipse is going to do that. Um, yeah, our, our my fellow staffer Stephen Elliott did an interview with a, an, a local astrologer by the name of Thomas Parsons who, uh, who claims the eclipse is going to, quote, affect Trump in a very personal way. <laughs> um, you know, and this astrologer, he's claimed to have uh, – Uh, advised both English royalty and uh, Music City royalty, Nashville Mm -hmm. Music Scene royalty. Um, He wouldn't say who for the purposes of privacy but this guy has a lot of theories about what uh, the eclipse will do and how the warming of the earth and then the subsequent temperature loss is going to do something with thermodynamic equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little bit like pseudoscience. We're not, but the guy we're is, not scientists here. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not, not, I tend personally to go with the astronomer or the physicist over the astrologer. But the guy is quite a character, and I like Stephen's interview with him. Uh, yeah. And he claims that, um, you know, Donald Trump has Leo ascendant. Uh, so that has something to do with how he'll be affected with the eclipse.
1: Absolutely. Whatever. So that might be something interesting to look for. Sure,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You know what, I could probably safely say with or without an eclipse, you can pretty much count on Donald Trump doing something asinine. <laughs> how about that? <laughs>
1: yeah, call it a coincidence. And so this is not exactly like abnormal for a total eclipse to happen, but it is abnormal how large the breadth of the eclipse is. So our last point is what to expect for the next eclipse. So could you talk a little bit about what makes this eclipse special uh, and when our next eclipse is going to be.
2: Yeah, of course. I believe that the last time that a uh, uh, total solar eclipse happened in full view of the continental United States was 1918. So it's been 99 years since something like this has happened. And even though eclipses, solar eclipses do happen fairly regularly somewhere in the neighborhood of eight, every 18 months it's very rare that you get to be in the path of totality, meaning you get to see the full thing. And it's even more rare that an entire country gets to see it kind of streaking across. So in the 21st century, there's actually going to be a total of 224 solar eclipses and 77 of those will be partial, 68 will be total. It just so happens that very, very rarely does one sort of cut across an entire country where everybody gets to come outside and take a look. So, yeah. we're pretty lucky that Tennessee falls right smack in the middle of that path.
1: Okay, so before we close, I also want to talk about uh, Dr. Kidd's project that she's working on. Right. She's working with NASA, correct?
2: Uh, I don't actually think that it's directly with NASA. Okay. Um, she's working, Dr. Kidd is participating in something called the Citizen Kate experiment. Uh, and that's sort of a citizen scientist experiment where 68 different sites across the country are observing the eclipse with identical telescopes. Mm -hmm. So in 68 different spots, high schools, colleges, parks, um, there are gonna be sort of both professional scientists like Dr. Kidd and amateurs uh, gathering to get the solar imaging and they're gonna put that into some sort of of image, some sort of video that we'll be able to check out online which I think is really cool. It's very rare that we get a chance to observe the sun in this way because something she explained to me in our interview is telescopes or or satellites, when they try to observe the sun's corona, they sort of make an artificial uh, eclipse by Mm -hmm. putting a metal disc in front of the sort of sphere of the sun. But that's, you know, it's man-made. It can be shaky. The satellite can move. The telescope can move. But during the eclipse, the moon's going to be perfectly blocking out the bright disk of the sun so they can observe the corona like never before really. They've never had this sophisticated of equipment and this good an opportunity to check it out. So yeah, the Citizen Kate experiment, which you can go online and check out, should be pretty cool. And I think I have a URL if you'd like me to share that.
1: Absolutely. It's
2: eclipse2017.nso.edu. You can also just Google the Kate experiment and you'll kind of get an idea what those guys are up to. Seems like a pretty cool thing.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Of course, it's my pleasure. Today's podcast
0: is brought to you by Just City, a nonprofit organization working to make sure Tennessee's criminal justice system is safe, fair, and strong for everyone. They're working to increase diversion programs for at-risk youth and helping people and neighborhoods.
1: So I am here with Steven Trageser, our music editor, and we are going to talk a little bit about Kesha, um, just Kesha in general, as well as her new album, Rainbow. Uh, And Steven, you can talk more about this, but uh, where do you think this album sort of originated?
0: A lot of of artists have have expressed that they have not had the best working relationship with Dr. Luke. Kesha in particular actually filed suit against him in 2014, alleging that, among all kinds of other things, uh, he'd also sexually assaulted her. Parts of her contract were requiring her to to work with him in order to make records, and it's like, you, of course you don't want to be working with somebody who's sexually assaulted. You uh, sort of have to be careful about language here, because, I mean, it's the, the lawsuits are ongoing. You know, there was a counter lawsuit that was filed and also dropped. There's lots of legal back and forth but ultimately it resulted in Kesha not being able to release a record in the last five years
1: Um, so this has been going on since like
0: 2014 now yeah was kind of at that point it was about time for her to start another record cycle and um because her previous album was two years old things have kind of been at a standstill since then you know the uh music video for the song Praying came out in early July and that was kind of the first indication that you know it came with an announcement that a record was coming in August that was the first new music that anybody would heard from her in years um, so you know very big deal
1: yeah and this has sort of been a long drawn out process for her um, I heard that she was able to record without Dr. Luke's intervention or
0: um, can you yeah. speak more on that Sure I was able to get in touch with someone who you know only wanted to speak on background someone who was very who was familiar with her legal conflict with Dr. Luke and the understanding that I have is that there was no judicial ruling but their legal teams came to an agreement uh, essentially that, you know, oh, sure, she can go make a record by herself. She doesn't have to work with him on this, but it's still coming out on his label. Um, It's still going to, you know, all of her other contractual obligations are in force, which does mean that Dr. Luke's record label and presumably Dr. Luke himself uh, are going to be making money from it, even though it's actually not his label anymore. Reportedly, as of this spring, it's uh, he is no longer the head of Kemosabe Records, which is the label that he founded under Sony. Um, But like work, this agreement came about like a long time before that happened
1: gotcha Um, so he's still making money from it
0: yeah that's that as best anybody can tell
1: so considering that this lawsuit has been such a big part of her life uh it makes sense that it would be evident in her uh new album so are there any songs in particular that you can see
0: have been impacted by this lawsuit Oh, I mean, absolutely. There, it's throughout the record. I mean, um, that big first single, Praying, which is um, about maybe a third of the way into the record. I mean, that, it doesn't, like, it It doesn't use his name, but it addresses the situation very, very clearly. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, the very beginning of the song, she's singing, I thought you had me fooled that I couldn't do this. Uh, there, there was, like, the allegations of sexual assault are kind of, like, The most egregious part of a bigger pattern of abuse, like that, that she's alleging, like he verbally abused her. There was a a big thing about um, A list songwriters are not going to give you your songs because you're too fat. And that's why uh, that led into her developing an eating disorder that she actually had to go to rehab for. Well,
1: how about we go into analyzing some of the songs, and we're going to be playing a few of the clips for you uh, throughout this, but we just wanted to take at least four songs here. Um, We have Woman, Him, Praying, and Old Flames, and just sort of break that down for you. Since we were already talking about praying, let's sort of dive into that, where that came from and what sort of sounds are in there um you definitely have more expertise in this
0: than i do so it's a it's a kind of piano driven ballad that has a pretty heavy gospel influence and the whole thing it's very much about finding her strength and you know sort of picking herself up and dusting herself off um you know despite all of these really big odds um it's also very much a sort of fuck you. There's a there's a, a bit of it where she's talking about, you know, I am proud of who I am, my dealing with you, and it's, again, not directed directly at him, but, I mean, it's pretty obvious who she's talking about, just talking about her former producer, Dr. Luke. It, she, it, it's important that she's not forgiving him, in a sense. I mean, she's talking about, I hope you're somewhere praying. I hope you're somewhere changing. I mm-hmm. hope your soul is changing. Um, it's a pretty complex, like, philosophical and uh, emotional and spiritual statement to make. I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of elements where she's talking about uh, kind of spiritual exploration. Yeah, there's the
1: lyric, sometimes I pray for you at night, which, once again, is not necessarily forgiveness. I mean, she said in an interview with NPR um, that that's sort of how she heals, is by praying for other people, which I think is so interesting. Uh, so we're going to play a little clip for you of that.
0: Cuz you brought the flames and you put me through hell. I had to learn how to fight for myself and we both know all the truth I could tell. I'll just say this is I wish you farewell. I hope you're somewhere praying. Praying and I hope your soul is changing.
2: Change
1: Okay, so you talked earlier about how there's some country-sounding tunes on here as well. So that leads us to Old Flames, the song that her mom wrote for Dolly Parton back in the day. Yeah,
0: well, she didn't necessarily, she didn't exactly write it for Dolly Parton. She wrote the song. Uh, she was a co-writer on it uh, with a guy named Hugh Moffat. And a couple of different country singers had cut the song. Uh, but it was Dolly's version that was that went to number one on the Billboard Country Chart in August of 1980. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean it's this it's this great uh, the honky tonk waltz sort of thing. Uh, you know, old flames can't hold a can. It, it, in a way, it's almost like a honky tonk version of um, Paul Simon's "Still Crazy After All These Years." Because it's like you know, oh, I was out on the town, I met an old lover, and uh, and then it's and in this case, you know that person didn't do anything for me. Um, you know, Old my old flames can't hold a candle to you. Mm. So Kesha recorded a version of the song for Rainbow in Nashville uh, with the band Steelism as the backing band. Um, they just put out a new record a couple months ago. Uh, we've got a review up on our site of uh, Ism, and it's two-thirds of the band... Uh, plus a different drummer. Uh, they've got a studio guy named Ian Fitchuk in there, but Kesha sings the tune, and their Dolly comes in for a verse, mm-hmm. and it's just it's fantastic. I mean, they take it's Dolly Parton in space. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, uh, it's quite a trip.
1: Absolutely. So we're gonna play you a clip of Old Flames. Oh! And finally, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about "Woman." Uh, I think Kesha described it as one of her favorite songs.
0: Uh, would you talk a little bit about that? So this one has the Dap Kings horns as guests, um, you know, from the band that uh, backed the late Sharon Jones, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, um, and it is a you know very kind of up tempo, uplifting, uh, funky. Dance song. It's I had written at one point. You know, it's a Declaration of Independence. Um, it has a, a vibe that reminded me a whole lot of the. I really need to look this up. Was it Destiny's Child or a Beyonce solo track? The Survivor. Um, I think it's a
1: Destiny's Child.
0: Yeah, that's right. A, yeah, Destiny's Child. It's got a the the groove is one that you'll kind of recognize if uh, if you're familiar with that song. I mean, it's just sort of a thing of you know I. I take care of myself. It's a very different style from, I think, really anything else on the record. But because it carries over Kesha's authorial voice, it fits perfectly. Yeah,
1: absolutely. She says, I'm a motherfucking woman. It's fantastic. And I think it especially speaks to um, probably all the women that supported her uh, after the lawsuit. I mean, you had Taylor Swift donating money. You had all of these female artist who really stood up and supported her publicly, which I think is really cool. Woman power. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Perfect. So we're going to play a clip of that for you right now. Awesome. So that is all for us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen. This has been great. Thanks for having me. And a few notes. We'd like to thank Jeff the Brotherhood for our intro music. If you like the sound, check out Diamond Way from the We Are the Champions album. Finally, don't forget to pick up the Nashville Scene print edition on Thursdays, Or check us out online at NashvilleScene.com. You can subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And please drop us a rating or leave us a comment and let us know how we're doing. Or subscribe and make sure you don't miss a cast. Thanks for listening.